Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am super excited to be here with you guys today. As always, I have the pleasure of being here with my esteemed co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. So we've got uh, we've had an event going on, and uh, we've got uh, some some friends staying with us for the event. And we, you ever get like, just like engrossed in these epic conversations and totally lose track of time? Yeah, definitely. I, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm feel really needy of that from you, but I just never get it. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, definitely appreciate that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we've, uh, we've been talking to like super late. I'm, I'm used to getting, you know, like seven hours, eight hours of sleep. Cause like, I don't know, I function better with more sleep. And, uh, and the last few nights, like three or four hours, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing how much better you think when you actually get some sleep. Right. So, um, you know, I know that I'm the only one on the show really that does any thinking. So I'm just going to have to ask you, like, <laughs> if you can pull a little bit of your own weight today, Dean, that would be amazing. I can already tell in the tone of your voice, the, your, your ability to attack me is not going to be on high alert today. I can tell. Well, here's a great opportunity for you then. <laughs> I'm going to take full advantage, believe me. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, so actually, though, um, I, I, uh, you and I had a call the other day, because as uh, some of the listeners might know, you and I are in uh, a heated battle uh, yes. with writing these books. Yes. Um, and uh, what, why don't you tell, any, tell everybody who's, uh, who's winning at the moment? Well, I have to say, as of right this very second, you are simply kicking my ass. Um, <laughs> So I, I could come out with all kinds of excuses, you know, like getting married and, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. But but I'm not going to do that. I'm bigger than that. But if anyone's taking note, just be aware that there are very good reasons. Um, <laughs> but right now I am massively behind. I think, do I remember rightly, you said you are nearly done with chapter three? I'm actually uh, in chapter four now. Since, oh, uh, since it's getting comment. worse. And yeah. I am, I think midway through chapter one so i literally have to pick myself into gear and and get on with it now i have to double down well you know like uh i think you may have mentioned at some point if if you just you know if you need me to write your book after i'm done writing mine (laughs) right i'm sure there's a sum of money that could be paid and i would be happy to do it (laughs) i'll keep that to note i might i may have to take you up on that (laughs) well uh in any case though um I, I thought it might be cool. I have uh, I had this one uh, uh, this one chapter that I thought would be really interesting to share because when when people are growing a business, 
my experience is that there are reasons why some people grow and they just kind of continue to make progress. And then there's reasons why some people seem to stay stuck. Right. And, uh, and so I have this, this one section in one of the chapters of the book, which is all about, you know, the reasons why, uh, why you stay stuck. And I believe one of the reasons that you stay stuck as an entrepreneur is because you try and do it all on your own. And I talk about there's three false beliefs that drive that behavior of trying to do everything on your own. And I know that like early on uh, in my business, you know, I was like, oh, well, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Mm. And then you start, you know, hiring a team and managing a team and leveraging a team the right way. And you realize you should not only do you not have to do everything on your own, you actually shouldn't be doing everything on your own. Right. And, correct. And, yeah. uh, and so I, I don't know. I thought maybe uh, maybe sharing a few of those false beliefs might be interesting for people today. But I don't know. What do you, you know, we only have a couple of listeners, one of them being your mom. You think she'd be interested in that? Yeah, I think she'd find that quite useful, at least just to understand some of the pains that I've gone through over the last couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm sure it'll also get her, help her to wrap her head around, like, you know, how to... Not that she manages you, but sort of like, you know, keeps you <laughs> under control could be useful content. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I think to some degree, yes, she still does manage me. Um, she she uh, she does not hold back from telling me how much she thinks I'm screwing up. So, right. Uh, so, yeah, I think this will be a good exercise for everyone all around. Well, I guess she and I have that in common. You've surrounded yourself <laughs> with people who are trying to keep you on the straight and narrow. Yes. It's why I love to invite Romatio back on the show because he's uh, better than us. Well, he is better than us. And and just uh, as a little side note, um, I believe we're actually getting sound bites, uh, <laughs> Romatio sound bites that we're going to be able to play on the show here in the not too distant future. Yes. <laughs> and I love this. This way he can be ever present with us. Uh, right. Just constantly looking down upon us. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's so much better than all of us, quite frankly. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be amazing once we get those in place. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so onward then, Dean. Yes. Onward we go. Yes. Onward. So, uh, so doing, trying to do it all on your own. I think the, the first false belief that drives that is that I am the hero in this business, right? Like I'm the one who needs to do all of the important work. Everybody else is here just to sort of take tasks off of my plate and do, you know, the, the trivial things, right? I think right. there's, right? Like, I think there's this sense that it, at some point in the business, I'm, I'm the, I think the, as an entrepreneur, you're always going to be an extremely important person in your company and, uh, and the business growth and, and all of that will drive from from your leadership and from your vision and from all of those things but you're not good at everything you know right. and i think you have to get reasonably good at a lot of things when you're first starting sure and that sort of gives you the feeling that okay well i'm i'm good at you know facebook ads or i'm good at uh you know doing whatever the thing is that that we deliver you know whether it's you know, building e-commerce sites or consulting or, you know, whatever that thing is. And, and you sort of get wrapped up in yourself because you have to at the beginning. Right. Yes. 
right? You know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, I got to get good at this. Like, I got to get like, I know, uh, like, I spent an entire year working on copywriting, right? And I got good at it. But I'm sure there's people I know there's people that are far better at it than me now. And, um, and so I think there's this, uh, this, this belief that I've got this wide array of extraordinary capability that makes me something like Superman. And so when I'm hiring people or I'm asking people to do things for me, like I'm going to give them all the things that sort of, I hate to say it, but I think it's true. Like don't really matter. And I'm going to do all the important work myself. And that mentality works for just a short, short period of time Mm -hmm. while you're building, building a, a great team around you. But once you start having, uh, the ability to have people, and I'm going to talk about that next because I think that's really important. You've got to start recognizing that each and every person has their own superpower. Right. And, and your job is to identify that superpower in the people that work with you and in the people that you're hiring. Because if you're truly hiring somebody that has a superpower, and that's not something that you have a superpower in. Why would you continue to do that thing? Why wouldn't you give it to the person who actually is naturally inclined to have that superpower? Yeah. Right. Definitely. Agreed. Um, you know, case in point. So, uh, you know, with the autopilot entrepreneur program, you know, we, uh, you know, we come in and, and, and show people how to put systems in place to grow and scale their business and, and things like that. But rewind the clock, like I was the first recipient of all of that. And when I was building all of that out, at first, I was trying to be the hero who created the system, who ran the system, who like did key tasks in the system, like all these different things. And the truth is, I suck at running the system. (laughs) I'm not good at it. Um, I'm not great at overseeing the day-to-day details of things. I'm, I'm good at getting reports and seeing where things are on track and off track and all these other things. But, but to actually run the system and keep things going and keep the tempo moving along, like I'm not, I'm not the right guy for that. And had, had I not recognized that and resisted and been like, this is my system. Like I have to run it because nobody can run this system better than me. Like my business would be so far behind where it is right now because of me holding on to that false belief that I'm, I'm the, the hero and I have to do all of the important work myself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I so, think, um, I've, uh, you know how I liken a lot of this, like one of the experiences I had in my earlier stages of life was as a chef and like, head chefs are often very controlling. And there was one particular time where this like this chef just wouldn't like, just wouldn't pass on any of the work to do with any of the meals to anyone. It was like, he was in his own world and we just stood around like, uh, what do I do? Like I, I can do some of this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Uh, I don't know where you get the impression that head chefs are controlling. Like you look at somebody like Gordon Ramsay and he seems very, <laughs> very relaxed. <laughs> yeah. Stress-free kind of guy. Yeah. It's just a really carefree work environment when you're, uh, <laughs> when you're working with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I relate to him more than I care to admit. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, but that's it. And you got to like, and if, and if you don't give, and if you don't give people the, uh, you know, the important work to do, then the people who are good and who do have those superpowers, they don't want to stick around. Right. For sure. But like who wants to stay around if you feel like you're completely underutilized and potentially unappreciated? Exactly. Exactly. Nobody. Like like human beings are purpose driven beings, right? For and sure. And they want they want to feel like they've got meaning. They want to feel like they're working towards something and, and all this other stuff. And mm. if you've got great people and they're just like sitting there looking at you, like saying, Hey, hey coach, put me in, put me in. You're like, no, no, no. I got to play like the entire game myself. Right. You know what? Screw this. I'm, I'm going to go on a team where I do get some playing time. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, and part of the reason I want to share all this too, is I sort of wanted to put the fear of God in you that this book I'm writing is going to be amazing. Right. Not only is this chapter three that's done, by the way, it's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. okay so this, is, this is working out beautifully um so the uh so so the second the second false belief about this whole like trying to do it all on my own um is that uh so so let's go through the train of thought we're like okay you shouldn't do everything all on your own you shouldn't do all the important work on your own in fact and then what's the very next objection that somebody's going to bring up well well, I don't have enough money to hire anybody. Right. Yep. Right. That's exactly what they're going to think. Okay. Like, I totally agree. I shouldn't do it all myself, but I can't afford to hire people. Like, how how many times had you thought this exact thing? Every single time I've considered hiring. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and I remember, like, when I went from, you know, just sort of doing consulting on my own, and then I started building out a team, like, uh, you know, years ago. I was like, man, I don't know. Can I afford to hire this person? Mm. What's like, can I just keep doing everything on my own? Pretty, pretty, please. Like, why is everybody telling me like, you know, I need to get help. And, and, and it felt painful. And, and over, over the course of time and, you know, learning from my, my experience, but, you know, then, then all of the different companies that we've worked with and seeing this, like hearing this, well, James, but you know, I can't hire somebody until, I have like, I've reached this certain goal and you know, I can't hire somebody until, uh, you know, I've got, you know, money in the bank or I've got this or I got that or whatever. Um, I get that, right. That's a very real concern sure. because this is not sort of just like, you don't hire people because you feel good about it. You hire people because you need them and you believe that you're going to be able to get leverage on your own time. Right. And sure. And so what, what I really started seeing was that people don't understand opportunity cost. And I think that's the reason why they believe that they don't have enough resources to hire people. So here, so here, like, so here, here would be a great example. Give us a great so, example, James. I'm going to give you a great example, Dean. <laughs> the only way I could give you a better example is if Ramasio was here. Right. Me well, obviously his example would be better than yours. Well, of course it would. And then it would also drag on for about 45 minutes with no breath, <laughs> no coming up for air. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so let's say, um, let's say that you are and have always been fascinated by McDonald's, the restaurant, right? If you can call it a restaurant, which I guess is questionable, but right. you've always been fascinated by McDonald's. And for whatever reason, 
you like those those little uh, those little visors that they wear when they're like standing at the cashier in the front. Oh and yeah, you're like <laughs> right. You're just like, man, I think it would be cool to work as a cashier at McDonald's and wear one of those little visors. <laughs> and 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 it's and I don't think I've ever had that thought. But the part that I did think would be fun. I don't think they have this anymore because everything is computerized. But you remember they had like that microphone that they would like be like number two. Please oh yes, prepare. yeah, yeah. Right. I always wanted to be the guy, like, and I sort of want to do voice on that microphone. So, so for me, this idea is this like analogy is like sort of far off, but maybe closer than you might think that I always want to work and screw around on that microphone. So, anyway, so let's say that you really, really have this burning desire to be a cashier at McDonald's. Okay. And your day job, though, what you're actually doing is you're an entrepreneur and you're, you know, you, over the course of your year, whatever you average it out, and in your day job you're making, um, you know, hundred dollars an hour, or fifty dollars an hour, whatever the number is, right? And uh, w- and one day you decide to go into McDonald's. You're like, you know what? Screw it. I want this so bad. I want to be this cashier. I want to experience what that's like. And you go in, you fill out your application, and a couple of days later they call you up and they say, Hey, Mr. Holland, congratulations. You have been selected to be the next cashier at your local McDonald's. And, and, you know, once all the rejoicing and everything stops, you're like, okay, cool. I finally get to go in and you go in, they give you the visor, they give you the polo shirt, like all of the things that you've been dreaming of. And here you are, and you're like, all right, the, the only thing is I've got to, you know, stop what I'm doing as an entrepreneur for today. And I'm, because I'm going to go chase my dream of being the McDonald's cashier. Right. Right. And, and you go in. And you do you do it all right. You take people's orders. You talk into the microphone. You get in arguments with people because they're not happy about how many fries came in their happy meal. Like it's like everything you've ever imagined. And at the end of the day, you get your paycheck because this is like a one day thing. And you work ten hours, and it was ten dollars an hour. And they're like, Mister Holland, here's your hundred dollars for working today, right? Right. And you're like, okay, cool. So you take your check, and you're going to go deposit that check. And when you go to deposit that check, and let's say on an average day as an entrepreneur, you've been making $50 an hour. Just make it like really, really basic here. If you had worked fifty at $50 an hour as an entrepreneur in your business that day for 10 hours, you'd have made $500. Sure. Working at McDonald's for 10 hours at $10 an hour, you made $100. So how much money did you make that day you worked at McDonald's? I lost... Of course, you lost. You lost, but it would appear that you actually made money. Correct. Yes, I see. Oh, but I jumped too far ahead there. No, you're good. You're right on track. You're helping me along. Okay. But (laughs) clearly, nobody has this burning desire to go be a cashier at McDonald's. Sure. But every single day when we're working on things in our business that somebody can do cheaper than us that somebody can do faster than us, that somebody could do more effective than us, you're not making the money that you think you're making. Right. Like you're, you are losing that money day in and day out. Mm. And so when people tell me that they don't have enough resources to hire people, my question to them is, are you only working on low value tasks? The only time in which you should not have enough resources to hire somebody is when you're consistently working on low value tasks. 
Right. Yeah. If you're consistently working on low value tasks, then you need to change that. You start working on higher value tasks that provide more value to the people that are paying you money. And as soon as you're doing that, as soon as you are able to work on high value tasks, then you should be taking the low value task or anything, even if it's not low value, but somebody else can do it cheaper, faster, or better than you. And you need to start getting that off of your plate because otherwise, every single day you continue to do that, as crazy as it sounds, you are in fact deciding to go into McDonald's and be the cashier instead of running your business. Mm. Opportunity cost is real. Even though you don't pay, like when I went and worked at McDonald's that day or you went and worked at McDonald's that day, like I didn't actually pay anybody the $400 that I lost, right? Right. There was no bill for the $400. So it's like, oh, I didn't lose the $400. You 100% did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's this understanding of opportunity costs that I think is causing people to believe that I don't actually have enough resources to hire people. And it's totally bullshit. And and one of the things that that I like to share with people is that when you're hiring somebody, you are not paying them for their time. You are buying back your own time. Mm, I I remember you saying that to me some time ago, I think last year or maybe a couple of years ago now. And I remember you first saying that and I was like, huh, you're right. (laughs) It was a very different way of looking at things for me. And I was like, Hmm, that is different, but yet so damn correct. Well, it's 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 recognizing that your time and your 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 like everything that you're doing has a certain value on it. Right. And your growth as an entrepreneur should be to continuously figure out how you can add more value and become more valuable with the things that you work on, right? right? And when you're hiring people and you're you're, li- you're truly thinking through this, well, I'm buying back my own time. Anytime you can buy back your own time at a discount, you got to do it. Yes. Right? And this is not this is not like a one-time thing. Like this is you have to constantly be vigilant of where am I not buying my own time back at a discount? Yeah. And that's, that's how you continue to one, grow your, you know, grow your own skill set and have the, have the bandwidth to be able to do that. But then let's talk about like the other side of the equation here. Let's like completely unselfishly. Every time you're not hiring people when you could be because you have something higher value to do, you are like restricting the flow of, uh, of, of wealth and abundance and, and, and money into other people's lives, mm. right? Like you're stepping on your own air hose because you're like, okay, well, I have to do this. And so that means the person that you could have hired, like they don't get hired, right? Right. Yeah. Or they stay stuck in a, in a shitty job doing something that they don't like when they could be working for you. And, and hopefully if you're, you know, doing a lot of other things for, you know, in terms of being a great leader, you're going to provide an amazing culture and an amazing place for them to work and to be on a mission and to accomplish all these different things. And when you have this scarce belief that I don't have enough resources to hire people, even though not hiring people is costing you money, you're not just costing yourself money, you're costing the would-be people that are working for you money. Yeah. 
True, yeah. Which I think is ridiculous. And I don't know about you, like one of my absolute favorite days. So I like we we are on we're on a you know two week pay cycle and and I'm I'm a big advocate of making sure that you know I'm the one doing all the paycheck stuff in, in our company. Sure. One of my favorite days of the month are the two days that I get to pay everybody. Right. Yeah. Like I it it brings me such such an incredible amount of joy to be able to pay people to do things that are adding value that I know are, and and then paying them that that they are able to do things in their life and and have a have a job that they like mm-hmm. and and be on a team that they enjoy being on all those different things and if I stayed stuck in this like well I got to do it all I don't have enough resources to hire people I don't recognize the opportunity cost I don't I don't get to participate in that contribution yeah and I think that's I think that's something that a lot of people don't really talk about all that much but that's a real factor too. Like it's an opportunity to give and it's not charity because they're providing an extreme amount of value back, Sure. but people want to be able to provide that value. So give them the opportunity and stop hogging it all for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really great way as well. I think, um, it, it took me a while to actually, in a, in a way, one of those things that you just said about payday being the greatest day that you look forward to. Like I remember actually, um, and, and, you know, I don't mind admitting this now cause it was a phase I went through. Like I used to actually dread that day. Um, and I think this used to come, this maybe used to be like more of like the mentality from when I was in employment. Like there were times like, for example, that, you know, there, there was, let's just take one of my jobs. When I used to work in a bar, I actually used to get paid cash. Like I, it didn't used to be like a deposit into my bank account. Like I used to get a little envelope at the end of the week, I was paid weekly and it was cash. And I always remember like, um, the manager or the, the boss there being like, almost like they begrudged giving it you. It was almost like it was like, you're a pain in the ass to be getting. It was, it was done in like a jokey way. Like, I'm not saying like he was genuinely like angry to be paying me my, my, my paycheck. But it was almost like a jokey way, like, oh, do I want to give this to you sort of thing? It was like a joke. And I think maybe like as I look back, like little things like that perhaps almost gave me this like mindset that like, oh, payday when you're paying people, it's like something to begrudge. It's like, oh, you're taking my money. But actually, like that has to be shifted, you know, and I'm the same as you now. Like I have two great days because we pay monthly. I think in the US you do like bi weekly, right? Is that like the standard? Yeah, I, I think everybody does a little bit different. I think a lot of people do. Uh, yeah, so here it's like a monthly thing. Um, but I get two good times a month. One is paying paying the team and two is paying our affiliates. Because like to me, to me, it's a similar thing. Like these are people representing the business out there promoting our products and services and we pay them commissions. It's like I get to give those, like some of our people, like we paid $10,000 plus months to some of these people, you know, some more. Um, and that and that's a similar kind of feeling for me as well. Like I see it the like, actually the reverse of how I used to think now is like the more I'm paying out to others on my team and our affiliates, the better I am doing personally. And that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the shift now. Like I know now the more I'm paying out, the better I'm actually doing. And it's a very different way of looking at it than I used to. And I think, you know, you've just said it perfectly. Well, I, you know, I, I, uh, I think our job as entrepreneurs at, at the end of the day is to be creators. Right. Right. We create. Um, and that's that's a very important role. Right. Right. There's there's nothing that really gets accomplished without creating something first. 
And so, you know, we create ideas and we create businesses and we create all these different things, but, but we create opportunity and that opportunity is not just for ourselves. That opportunity is for other people. And of course we get benefit from doing that. But I think if you ask any entrepreneur, like part, you know, part of the benefit is, is making money, Mm -hmm. but the other part of the benefit is actually just capitalizing on all these opportunities that you see and that you recognize Mm -hmm. And everything like that. And, and, and our job is to expand the pie, right? Right. Sure. It's to make yeah. the pie bigger. It, and, and when you look at a, at an economy that's growing, that's exactly what's happening. The pie is continuously being expanded. And when, when you look at an economy that's, you know, shrinking and in recession yeah. and stuff, it, it's a pie that's shrinking and, and nobody wants that. And so, you know, expanding the pie in your own little world comes from recognizing that the value that you're adding needs to be higher in some area and that's where you should focus and then you need to buy back your own time by allowing other people to participate in the game and in the pie that you're you're expanding so definitely um, definitely yeah i love it yeah so awesome um well then i guess i can count on at least one star review from you uh, when the book <laughs> yeah. launches. no i'm gonna be the guy that's outside the bookstores like don't buy this book <laughs> <laughs> like like in a trench coat flashing people to deter yeah. them stay away stay away <laughs> read my honest book review between james's book and dean's book <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, okay. So we've got, you know, the first one that says, you know, I got to do everything myself. I'm the superhero. The second one that says, uh, you know, I don't have enough resources. And then, and then when you conquer those two, then you get to the third one, which I always love. And they're like, look, I don't, I don't trust anybody to do a good job. Right. Yes. Right. Like, right. Like you said, you know, a lot of head chefs are control freaks. I, I think you just substitute the words head chef for entrepreneur. <laughs> right. And I think, yeah, it's very true. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and I, and I totally get that, but I think that comes from, um, a, a misunderstanding of accountability. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so like when I, when I think about, uh, all this stuff, like, you know, a lot of my, my team was actually giving me a really uh, hard time the other day. They were joking around. They were, we were like trying to name something, and I said, "Oh, we should call it something system." And they were like, "Why is it always system with you?" <laughs> and, and I was just like, "I don't know. I guess it's just how I think." So, uh, but but when I think about this, like think about um, think about driving your car, right? You know, when I was when I was over there uh, visiting yeah. you for your wedding, you know, we drove you know drove here and there, and your your gorgeous new right. uh, Range Rover. And what if your Range Rover? had no speedometer and no gas gauge and you you just didn't really know like you're like oh i guess i'm going about this fast and maybe i'll go and get gas now or petrol (laughs) as you guys call it maybe i don't like i don't know what to do there right do you do you trust that you have enough gas in your car no no you know how much gas you have because that's how much the gas gauge tells you that you have yeah. Right. You trust that you're going, you know, 50 or 60 miles an hour. Not really. You look down and you say, oh, I'm going 50 right. or 60 yeah. miles an hour. Right. Nobody, 
nobody trusts that all those things. So, so it would be ridiculous for somebody to say, um, I'm not going to drive my car because I don't trust that I'm going to know how fast I'm going or how much gas yeah. I have. Yeah. And, and the reason why you're able to, to do those things and still have control is because every system needs a feedback loop. Right. Right. The feedback loop that's telling you what's happening. The feedback loop in your car are the gauges that are telling you, here's how fast you're going. Here's how much gas you have. Here's your engine temperature. Here's your tire pressure, mm, like all yeah. those things, right? Without those feedback loops, you're sort of guessing. And I think more than anything, what entrepreneurs are saying is not that I'm a control freak and I don't trust anyone to do a good job. I think what they're really saying is, how am I going to verify that people are actually doing a right. good job? And how am I going to know that things are working the way that I want them to work? Yeah. Right? And, um, and so this is a different story. Now, like, now we're asking a productive question. How can I know when things are working the way that I want? How can I know that I'm going to be able to manage this without actually doing mm. the thing? And, uh, and so, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, I, I teach people is how to, you know, create really simple, but super important, uh, verifiable standard operating procedures in their company, right? Yeah. Like we did this with you yeah. like some time ago and, and then you're like, okay, now I know when somebody's doing a good job and then extrapolating that into a reporting that says, okay, now I can see where everything is in the company and creating the feedback loop because it's not that we're scared to delegate. This is what I really want people to take away from this piece. It's not that we're scared to delegate. There's, we're not deficient as, as entrepreneurs and saying like uh, other people can delegate, like corporate executives can delegate, right. but I can't, yeah. right? That's a ridiculous way to approach this. It's not that we're scared to delegate. What we're scared of is not knowing when things are getting done. We're scared of not knowing whether the things are on track. We're, not, we're scared of not knowing whether uh, whether everything is being handled the way that we want it to be. Yes, we're control freaks. I will give you that 100%. But you can still be a control freak and get other people to do a good job when you can verify and you have accountability metrics in place that allow you to see that things are actually getting done. And and I think that's that's the thing that, uh, people need to focus on is how do I put those structures in place that give me the feedback loop? How do I build the speedometer and the gas gauge and the tire pressure gauge into my business so that I'm not just like sending things out into a black hole and hoping that yeah. they get done, right? That's not the right way. Knowing that they got done and being able to measure it, like, that's what's that's what's required here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel this is a I wish we had like, well, maybe you do like a thing where people could go and study more of this from you. This this can't all be fitted into one little show, can it? It cannot. And so this is me sneakily pre-selling. <laughs> <Right. my book. laughs> uh, Sneak attack. <laughs> and I even I fell for yeah, it that much myself attack. that I even just lined up the shameless plug. I know. I can't even believe this happened. This is a, this is a ruthless <laughs> competition and uh, word down the primrose <laughs> path. Uh, but, but it will all be in chapter two, <laughs> section two. Uh, Page 33, <laughs> paragraph seven. <laughs> that's, 
That's right. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I've, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually doing a bunch of, uh, uh, videos, uh, later this month, uh, like three or four days of video shooting where we're doing a bunch of content. It's all going to be free and available and everything like that. So I think this will probably be one of the things I touch on a little bit, um, but definitely be in the book. But the point today is these three reasons, the, I got to do it all on my own. I'm the hero. I don't have enough resources to hire people. And I don't, I'm a control freak and I don't trust anyone to do a good job. Like those three false beliefs will 100% hold you back from growing your business. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. It's, it's funny actually, like, it's been kind of good for me to sit back and listen to you going through this too, because it actually highlights all the areas I had to change. <laughs> um, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to add in one thing as to like why I think that I felt certain ways about some of the things you've explained. I think one of my biggest personally for me was struggling to actually hand over control because I felt that I could do these things better not necessarily always better. That may be not even right. Sometimes feeling that way. But I tell you another area, and, and this might be kind of good to raise, is feeling like actually it takes so much longer to teach and train someone else to do it that I might as well just get on with it myself. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. okay, well, I know how to do this thing with my eyes closed. It'll take me five minutes. Or I could spend 30 minutes showing you how it's done. Like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'll do it. I'll take care of it. Um, and and I, yeah. I was like that for a long time. And I realized that actually what I was doing is I was looking at it at that one, as that one task. Not the fact that this needs doing every week or every day. It was like looking at this one time and thinking, well, I need to spend 60 minutes creating a standard operating procedure for this and documenting the process. And I might as well just get on with it. That's how I used to think like, oh, 60 minutes this now, this time creating all this training or just five to 10 minutes doing it myself. And I used to look at it this one time and be like, you know what, leave it to me. I'll do it. I can do it fine anyway. You know, and that used to be the view I'd take. But then once, um, and, and it was without a doubt, not to, oh, damn, I'm going to have to plug your goodness as well now. Like it was, uh, it was without a doubt, like obviously consulting with you and getting all that help off you and, and your company to, to help me not just create the systems, but actually change, a, change my mindset on a lot of it and to get out of that. And, and this is without a doubt an area you helped me see clearly was, you know, you're looking at it as this one task, this one time. What about the fact that A, this is probably a repetitive task that happens on a weekly or daily, weekly or monthly basis. And what if you are out of the equation? Let's just say I'm out at an event or I'm on vacation. Who does that thing now? And it's like, I used to look at it as this one isolated incident, but I used to look at it as one isolated incident repeatedly. Every time it would come back around, oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it. You know? And, and when you showed me the way, let's say it like that, when you taught me the better way, I realized that actually, you know what? It may be a pain in the ass. And, and I'm just honest. Like sometimes it does feel like doing that thing is just a pain in the ass. It's not one of those things I enjoy, put it that way. But what I enjoy is looking at it afterwards and going like, huh, I don't ever have to do that thing anymore. And that is now what drives yeah. me that first time around. Cause I, it's still to now, still now to this day, when I know the benefit of it, I still think like, oh, this is a pain in the ass. But instead of now just being like, I'll get on with it. I think, you know what? I will get on with it, but I'm going to record myself or document myself doing it. And that's what I now do. I like, I'll just grab right. like, I use a thing called loom, which is like a, it's like Jing. It like records your screen. And so I just hit record and I'll do it. 
And so now I found a way for me to be like, okay, well, I might have to still do it this one time, but I'm going to record myself doing it. And then I'm going to document the process and I'm going to create a, a procedure from it. And now I don't have to do it again. And like, that's now mm -hmm. what drives me is, is thinking instead of thinking short term, like, oh, I can just get on with this. I think now, well, I'm going to get on with it this one time, document it and then never do it again. And like, this is one of the areas you helped me massively to the point where now let's just, I think it's been longer, but let's just say it's one year since you helped me with all this stuff. Like now there's that many things that I don't have to do that sometimes, sometimes I'm not saying all the time because I still keep myself very busy in other areas. But I remember there being a period of time where I was like, what on earth am I supposed to do now? Because I'd passed on everything, like not everything, but you know what I mean? Like I documented that many things that kept me busy that now I was like, well, now what on earth am I supposed to do? And I had to realize that actually now I had all this time to do the things I should be doing, you know? And so yeah. I, I just wanted to throw that in because that was, you know, on this whole topic that we spoke about, that was without a doubt, my biggest sticking point is thinking not, not that I can do it better, not that I should be the one doing it, but actually getting over the hurdle of it felt like such a pain in the ass to actually create a procedure behind it that to me, it was always easier to just get on with the job myself. And, and so shifting yeah. that and, yeah, and just putting in that one hour and today, that 60 minutes now to never do that thing again, even if it's five minutes, doing it 10 times was the equivalent of doing it that one time how I needed to, to never do it again. And, and that for me was like a big shift. Yeah. And, and you, you, you almost get addictive to the, addi like, it's almost like you got addicted to freeing up time. And I think that's one of the things you said previously, right? When we were just talking is like, you're, you're not paying people for the sake of paying people and have people around you. That's fun and nice. It's like, you're literally paying to, you're, you're buying back your own time. And that time can then be spent either a on tasks that drive the business, the creative and the things like this, or actually enjoying the fruits of your labor, as I would say, like, I can go and play golf because I know that you're doing that thing and I'm not doing it now. And so that, that, that to me was like a yeah. huge shift that unfortunately I have to say you helped me with. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will take that. Maybe we'll, maybe we're up to one and a half stars now um, on the review that you'll, uh, that you'll give at some point, but you know, the, um, the thing that you're talking about here is, we can't be short-sighted right. in building our business, right? When, when people are like, oh man, I want to build a company or I want to build a business or I want to grow my business. Like it, it's, I think sometimes it's helpful to think about the fact that you are building a business, right? And the, yeah. the things that you're putting down today are the bricks that the things in the future will rest upon. And if you don't lay those bricks down, there's not going to be anything to build upon and everything just sort of stays at the ground level. And that's not what you yeah. want. And, and being short sighted, uh, in things like, Oh, I'm just going to do it myself because it's easier or, or any, any, any variety of things like that. I think just actually does the complete opposite of what you say you really want, which is to build a business. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, um, another, uh, like one of my first ever mentors many years ago now, 10 years ago, geez, oh, oh Christ. Um, he used to say to me, like, you're a busy fool. Right. 
And I'll never forget that. Like, to start with, I was like, what does he mean? Is he being horrible? He's like, no, you're, you're a busy fool. Like, you're busy on all the wrong stuff. And that's how he used to explain it. You're a busy fool. Yeah. Like, and I guess some people now, I'd heard people say it differently in different ways over the years. Like, a lot of people now say, like, you're working in the business, not on the business. Mm. It's really the same thing. It's like, you're being a busy fool. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. 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 You've got to, you've got to take, take the time to say, how can I start, you know, getting these things? And, 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 and I think one of the things that needs to, needs to say, be said here, and maybe this is like sort of how, how we conclude is this doesn't happen overnight, right? No, there is, uh, there's always going to be more stuff that you need to, to get off of your plate. There's always going to be new, new ways of, you know, thinking about this stuff. There, you're going as soon as you get to another level, there's going to be another opportunity where it's going to be painful for you to hire somebody again. Right. Yeah. You know, definitely all this. So this is, this is a constant process and, and, and yes, you can get massive benefit right now, but it's not, all of this is not a one-time event. This is a way of seeing things. This is a mindset and a way of being that if you continue to focus on these principles and not have those false beliefs, the results will start to show themselves and the fruits will be more and more and more. But it's not like one day you're just like, okay, like all this is going to go away because, you know, I heard this thing on this podcast this one time and I did a few things. It's like, okay, great. That's, that's a start. You got to keep doing the right things, right? You know, when you, when you go to the gym, you don't just go and get one workout and then you're in shape for the rest of your life. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But that's not how it works. Right. You've got how you got to keep going. Right. You got to keep strengthening those muscles. You got to keep practicing. You got to keep doing all the things. And the more you practice these mindset tools and the more you you think about things in this way, the more the stronger you're going to get, the stronger your business is going to get, the the better of a leader and a manager and an entrepreneur and a contributor and everything like that that you're going to be. So this is like these are fundamental things that you need, need to continue to do over and over and over. And, uh, and I think I just want to make sure that that's clear. It's not like this is a one-time event. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, I can say for me, like still now, like I, I I've shifted that mindset for a year and I still think like, Oh, let me just get on with it. That I have to step back and say, no, that's not who I am anymore. <laughs> but you still have that voice. I always, I always think like you always have these two voices <laughs> or is that just me? Do I need to seek help? Are you sure you only have two? i sometimes feel i have ramasio looking down on me as well so there's a third he's uh he's he's sort of looking down on all of us from his (laughs) his lofty (laughs) heavenly perch uh (laughs) so uh so with that said uh i guess we uh i guess we could wrap this thing up today man yeah i think it's been a great show i've i've been a student and a listener no no that's the same thing that's okay crap (laughs) <laughs> we'll roll it. Double dipped on study time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but no, this has been awesome. I think one of our longer shows as well. Some of our some of our listeners keep saying, "You guys need to stop making short shows." I think uh, I think today we delivered the goods. Well, I hope so, and I uh, and I hope that I've put the fear of God in you to start writing your book because I'm playing. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm uh, I'm reaching out to an outsourcer right now. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, fantastic. I can't, I can't Chapter wait. one. This isn't my story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow up in Pakistan. What is it? <laughs> I didn't breed camel. It was budgies. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thank you, thank you to get you guys who are our uh, loyal listener. Um, yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, uh, please share the show. Recommend it if you're enjoying it. We'd love to hear from you as well. And until next time, this is James P. Friel signing off with my amazing co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, for another episode of Just Tips. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.